In her article, What Babies Learn in the Womb, Laura McCarthy notes that the uterus isn't exactly the quietest place to hang out. <laughs> Let the listener beware. A baby hears both the sounds of his mother's body as well as noises from beyond. If a mom sits in a movie theater or walks by a noisy construction site, odds are the fetus will react by kicking or shifting around. But it seems that the most significant sound that a fetus hears is his own mother's voice. In fact, around the seventh and eighth month, a fetus's heart rate slows down slightly whenever he hears his mother speaking, indicating that his mother's voice has a calming effect. In one study, doctors gave day-old infants pacifiers that were connected to tape recorders. Depending on the baby's sucking patterns, the pacifiers either turned on a tape of their mother's voice or that of an unfamiliar woman's voice. The amazing result. Within 10 to 20 minutes, the babies learned to adjust their sucking rate on the pacifier to turn on their own mother's voice, which not only points to the newborn's innate love for his mother's voice, but also to the unique ability that babies have to learn quickly. That you and I learn to recognize delight in and love the voice of our mother, God, is perhaps one of the deepest yearnings of our Creator's heart. The one who beheld our unformed substance, who knit us together in our earthly mother's womb, and who blessed us with the words, very good, is the one in whose image we are made. In other words, you and I were made by love, in love, and for love. And this love, the love that calls Jesus beloved, is the same love that calls you and I beloved. Precious children of a loving God. But then we grew up. And the voice that calls us very good, beloved, and reverently and wonderfully made often gets lost among the cacophony of voices that demand of us proof that we are worthy of life and love. They clamor for our attention, demanding immediate response, and subside only briefly, if at all before emerging from their place of deep and desperate brokenness to repeat the cycle again and again. If we internalize them, they take on a life of their own, one that is fueled by fear and anxiety, guilt and shame. I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I am not enough. Or the other, more self-protective side of the same coin, 
you are not doing enough. You are not good enough. You are not enough. To appease these voices, we harass ourselves and others into building fragile performance-based identities. The frenetic activity that results is not only exhausting, it diminishes our inherent dignity and worth. And it leaves neither time nor energy for delighting in the one who calls us beloved. On the other hand, frenetic activity can be alluring. After all, a jam-packed schedule can be a justifiable, socially acceptable means of keeping a scarily passionate, bafflingly mysterious, and frustratingly uncontrollable God at arm's length. For who knows where we will be led, what will be asked of us, and what will become of us if we really allow ourselves to fall into the arms of the living God. After all, isn't it true that most of us long to be known and loved until we don't? And yet, when we become ensnared by or enarmored with voices from the dark side, the one who calls us beloved calls us back again and again, reminding us of our essential nature. Like a pregnant woman who wears a t-shirt with an arrow pointing to her tummy with the words under construction, thankfully our merciful God is fully aware that each of us is under construction. But we know only too well how noisy and irritating and maddening construction sites can be. <laughs> Most of us want construction to be over so that we can move on with our lives. But the promise of a construction site is that something more beautiful and ultimately more life-giving can be born. So it is in the construction site of your life and my life that God comes to us, calling us back to what is essential, that you and I were created in love, by love, and for love. Because before we became unsettled with either construction or deconstruction, before we ate our meals in a tent, a tent of meeting or a wedding tent, and before we felt the need to prove ourselves to ourselves or others, God called us beloved. Today is a day that has been set aside for listening to the voice of the one who calls us beloved calling us back to our belovedness is God's gift to us. Choosing to listen is our gift to God.